Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey, your dream, our promise. Welcome to Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wernett. And today I'm joined by three local nonprofits, the Forest Preserve District of DuPage County, Naperville Women's Club, and People's Resource Center. You're watching Spotlight, and joining me now from the Forest Preserve District of DuPage County is Daniel Hebriard, their president. Welcome to the show, Daniel. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here and give you guys some updates. Yeah, and it looks like you're enjoying a beautiful day outside at the Forest Preserve, so that's awesome. Absolutely. I'm here at the Native Forest Preserve at our headquarters, and I decided to step outside for the interview. Lovely. Well, let's start off with that because obviously COVID has had an impact on uh, your operations and your visitation. So talk a little bit about what the last year and a bit has been like for you there. Absolutely. Well, we were so thrilled and proud to stay open at the beginning of COVID. It was a scary time. Uh, everyone wanted places to go because we were all stuck in our homes, uh, staying safe. Uh, and so the Forest Reserve was everyone's refuge. And we were so proud of that. We kept our 280 employees safe, uh, but we were there welcoming our nearly 1 million residents. Uh, and during uh, the past year, we've had our busiest year on record, uh, over nearly six and a half uh, million visits uh, for the last year, uh, which is incredible because typically we count on about 4 million. Uh, and at golf operations, uh, again, it was our most profitable year ever uh, as we were able to stay there and, and be available for our residents and the whole Chicagoland area to come out and enjoy our three beautiful golf preserves. Yeah, that's fantastic. And, you know, it's so nice to hear good things, right, that have come out of 2020. I, and I think hopefully that will be an opportunity for people who maybe just discovered you for the first time during 2020 will now know all the wonderful things that you offer, right? And, and that's the goal. Uh, I think we had plenty of people who loved us and we were busy, uh, but tremendously busier, lots full on a Monday, uh, where we might only see that on a weekend or a busy weekend, a holiday weekend. Uh, and really, Nature RX has been around for a few years, but I think really, truly was there for the community last year when people needed to get out and feel some sense of connection. They were able to turn to nature. And having you know 26,000 acres, one-eighth of all the property in the county, uh, the DuPage Forest Reserves, were there. And I think we're going to continue to see that high usage and people really turn to us uh, year after year to keep coming out. Now, how can residents get involved with you, Daniel, uh, at the Forest Preserve? Well, again, as I mentioned, we got 60 forest reserves, so you can always just come out and visit. But if you want to be involved with us, we're doing so many great things. You can volunteer. We have a huge volunteer team, nearly a thousand volunteers in a typical year, uh, doing anything from work at natural resources to helping at education sites uh, to helping at programs. Uh, we can also use your help at our friends at the Forest Reserve District, which is our uh, arm really raising funds to help push these projects forward and make sure they get completed. Uh, so we do have a multitude of ways to get involved. We have programs that you can come out and, and do, uh, you know, whether it be archery or just a walk. Uh, and so, you know, if you just go to our website, you can see so many different opportunities to really uh, help give back and be involved with the Forest Preserves. That's wonderful. Now, I know you're excited because you have a brand new executive director for the Forest Preserve. So tell us a little bit, introduce her, give us a little bit of background. Well, we are thrilled uh, to add to our leadership team. Uh, Carrie Freiling is our new executive director. She's been here with us about a month. Uh, she's got great leadership experience, uh, formerly a village manager of Homer Glen, uh, and before that, for many years, an assistant middle, uh, village manager at Orland Park. 
and she's done community development. Uh, she's done some natural resource projects. Uh, so we're, again, you know, we didn't really take away anybody. Ed Stevenson is still with us. Uh, and he's in our executive advisor role now and running our business operations at the golf reserves. Uh, but Carrie is somebody we really think can uh, help drive home our big master plan initiatives. Okay, well you lead right into that. So tell us about some of the current projects that you've got going on. Well, right there in Naperville, we've got a few exciting ones we've already started working on. We're working on our master plan at Green Valley Forest Reserve to try to make sure that we're really meeting the needs of that community. Uh, we're working on a natural resource project to get started soon at Agriman Woods. And then we just received a state grant uh, for a trail connector at Springbrook Prairie. Uh, but we do have some really big projects. Our master plan is actually 32 projects plus several initiatives. And some of the big projects that you guys might be excited about is we are trying to complete the West Branch DuPage River Trail. Uh, and that is going to be a large bridge over Roosevelt Road and the West Branch River. Uh, and that's coordinated with IDOT. That's a $4 million project. And we're hoping to complete that uh, next year. Uh, we do have some work that we're going to do at Mays Lake. Uh, so the exterior needs a lot of improvements to make sure that we keep doing the awesome things on the inside. Uh, and again, that's going to be a, about a $5 million project. And our last one is one that I think is close to so many of our hearts. Willowbrook Wildlife Center, we completed phase one several years ago, and we've just been waiting for the right time to do uh, phase two. And we have been busy or more important to native wildlife. Uh, and so phase two is going to be a $20 million plus project uh, that we're looking into financing right now. And, and that's going to be a really exciting uh, addition to that uh, forest reserve. Yeah, that's a constant evolution, right? I mean, you have, as you pointed out, you have a very large footprint. You've got a lot of facilities, uh, a lot of things that you're doing to conserve and take care of the wildlife. So uh, that's a lot of stuff. What are you as the president, uh, Daniel, most excited about? Well, one of the things I brought to the forest reserve is, you know, I have solar powered home and uh, my wife and I both drive you know, hybrid uh, electric plug-in vehicles. And so uh, we did get our first electric vehicles under my leadership. Uh, with the first uh, charger and then we've done two major solar projects uh, one of the preserved oak meadows where we think we might have in the country the first 100 percent solar powered golf carts because uh, we did a large uh, <laughs> array on our golf cart storage barn uh, and then at wilbrook wildlife center we had gotten a private donation of twenty-five thousand to help spur uh, that solar investment and it uh, is big and we're hopeful to do again more with phase two uh, so we're actually looking at two major projects along mac road at our fleet building uh, and our facilities building, they're going to be close to, you know, $800,000, but we secured a $100,000 private donation to help pay for those and help really position us as leaders and everything green, including green energy. Yeah, that's exciting. Well, and I, I love how you put that everything green, right? Because green energy is a big part of conservation. It's a big part of what you're trying to bring people to, uh, to the forest preserve and back to nature, right? Absolutely. You know, obviously we have carbon sinks and all our wonderful restoration projects that we do. You know, we're trees, we're bees, we're all of the good things. And then if we can lessen our carbon footprint through doing solar projects, it just sets the tone. And hopefully we, we see other governmental bodies follow that. And really, we're excited to be the leaders there. That's wonderful. And now everybody can find all this information on your website, Daniel? Absolutely. Uh, so dopageforest.org. Uh, it is a great place to find out about our master plan, about all of the initiatives, and really all of the current projects going on and future ones. Uh, so you can also watch uh, our meetings. So if you're interested in seeing me and, and the board in action, uh, of course, we have six other board members besides myself. Uh, and we meet every Tuesday morning, but those are they're on there to view anytime you want. Uh, and you can hear about the projects as we approve them on the board. Okay, so that's nice because then residents can stay informed about all the things that you're discussing, what your current initiatives are, future initiatives. It's a great government transparency, right? Absolutely. So every dollar we spend, 
Uh, we have uh, you know listed there on our website, so you can see that every you know employee you can look up. And then again, every minute of our meetings, you know, open session, you're able to see you know, what we're working on and what are the different priorities. And you know, we're still buying land. We just approved a, a land purchase, and I think we've got a few more in the pipeline. So you know, we're excited to do it on all these different levels, like you mentioned, not just restoration of these 26,000 acres, but we do have facilities in other areas that we need to improve. Uh, and so that was the whole master plan initiative uh, that we had some uh, you know preventative maintenance, uh, improving bridges and some of our roofs, uh, doing natural resource restoration. And then you know some capital projects, so it's a really nice mix, and we're very proud, you know, to keep pushing and doing some of those things. And a lot of them already started. So, so if you just take a peek at it, uh, you can get a look and see what we're at right now. And then there'll be some more, like I said, coming in the next two years. Well, Daniel, thank you so much for stopping by. We really appreciate all the good work that you're doing to keep our natural spaces moving forward for us in 2021. No, absolutely. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here and talk about all the good things the Forest Preserve is doing. Well, thank you. And if you're interested in learning more about the Forest Preserve District of DuPage, please go and visit their website. We're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Neighborville Crime Stoppers. Yes, I'd like to report some suspicious activity in my neighborhood. How does this work? Yes, thanks for calling. Your call is anonymous, and I'll not ask for your name. Instead, you'll be identified by a tip number. In a few weeks, call back with the tip number you received, and I will let you know the status of your tip. If an arrest is made, you could receive a reward up to $1,000. How do I get the reward money if you don't know who I am? Well, when you call back, we set up a time and a place to drop the money. You will be safe, and nobody will know you gave Crime Stoppers a tip. Okay, well, here's what's going on. If you're just tuning in, you're watching Spotlight. I'm your host, Jane Wynette, and joining me now is Julie Cunningham. She's the co-president of the Naperville Women's Club. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thanks, Jane. It's great to be back. Nice to have you with us. And, you know, this has been a very difficult year. Um, and, and as we move into the summertime, a lot of our local festivals will not be happening. So tell us a little bit about how the Women's Club decided to continue to move forward this year and host your fine art and artisan fair. Well, yes, we did cancel it in 2020 due to the pandemic. Um, this year, uh, as things started to open up, we were certainly anxious to get back to presenting art to the public. It's a very important part of our mission and an event that we certainly enjoy putting on and, and love to provide this for the community. So we felt that after looking at all the federal, state, and local guidelines and working with neighbor settlement, um, we talked about it and decided that we could do this safely. So our members voted to proceed. That's nice. And remind me, Julie, what year is this? Because you've been doing it a long time. Well, we've had some discussions about that. This is our 61st fair, but 
it would have been 62. So we're debating on whether to call it 61st or 62nd. But we've been doing this for over 60 that's a long time, and we're so grateful yes, it for it. So uh, tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening. What can we expect if we're a fair go in this year? Well, you're going to see a lot of the things that are familiar to you. You're going to see about 100 uh, artists and artisans and gourmet food vendors. We're going to have the silent auction, which is made up of pieces of art donated by the participating artists. We auction those off, and the proceeds go to charity. Um, the People of Clay Space will be presenting the Empty Bowls uh, fundraiser for food pantries. We'll have the uh, kids tent, the Petit Picassos. We are again this year going to have our community mural. That was a new in 2019. It was a huge hit. That's where we paint an eight by 12 foot mural replicating a piece from one of our participating artists. Um, we're also welcoming back Sean Hayes, the 3D chalk artist, who makes these amazing 3D chalk drawings, and you can walk into them and become a part of the uh, piece of art that he's created. We're also welcoming back uh, Lika Lorraine, the balloon artist, and the kids find her delightful with all of her balloon creations. Um, we'll have some great food and drink uh, choices this year. Uh, Belgio's, pizza, or Belgio's Catering will be there, Bracconi's Pizza, um, we're happy to have Jimmy's Italian Ice back. That's always a hit on a warm day. And we'll also this year have beer, wine, and mixed drinks. Julie, the community mural sounds incredible. And I know that you mentioned that you also have uh, a, a new piece of art that's going in next to the community mural booth. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. Yes, the community mural is a beautiful painting that we're cre recreating. The artist is Rahman Olukanath. He's uh, originally from Nigeria. He lives in the U.S. now, and uh, he has beautiful, bright paintings that reflect the, the Yoruba group of Western Africa, and he, he paints things that reflect their culture and their mythology. And his booth is going to be set up just near the community mural, so you'll have this experience of going and painting a piece of the community mural, which recreates his painting. Then you can walk over to his booth, chat with him about his art and his inspiration, and perhaps buy a piece for yourself. That's wonderful. And, and you sort of touched on it a little bit, Julie, in terms of your safety precautions, which I'm sure will be evolving right up to the minute. Is there anything, you know, major apart from the separating of the spaces and widening of the walkways and stuff that you want people to know about right now? Well, of course, um, common sense guidelines, if, if you're not feeling well, stay home. <laughs> but that would be the truth, whether there was a pandemic or not, I guess. Um, yeah, we'll be watching the, the state, federal, local guidelines. Neighbor Settlement, of course, wonderful in helping us um, navigate our way through all of that. Um, we will have sanitizing stations. We'll have face masks available. Um, and, and again, we, we don't know what the requirements will be. I suspect that... Um, even if the face mask requirements have been uh, put aside, that some of the artists may ask people to wear a mask while they're in their booth because the yeah. booths can be crowded, especially for some of the more popular artists. Sure. The only thing that's inside a building is the uh, silent option. And that can be crowded because that's a very popular part of the event. So we may ask people to wear masks in there just to be safe. Okay, so everybody um, just but, needs know, to again, be respectful. Yeah, just be respectful and be responsible. Um, and I think it's going to be great.
Yeah, terrific. Well, now I know, obviously, uh, as a club, you've you've gone through a lot, uh, as have all the service clubs uh, in this last, uh, you know, 14 months. How has the women's club sort of evolved and come through this, Julie? And what are you looking forward to as you move forward? Well, um, like all organizations, um, we had to stop and think about how we could carry on our mission and stay together during this year when everything was shut down. And uh, we figured it out. We, we are, the women in the women's club are very creative and we all learned how to Zoom. And so we had our board meetings and our business meetings and committee meetings via Zoom um, last summer and fall when the weather was nice. And again, this spring, we've taken advantage of all the beautiful parks in Naperville. And we've had a lot of our meetings in parks we've still been able to see each other and, and get our work done. Um, we actually had a couple of fundraisers last year and they were, were things that we were able to do safely um, where we had, we did a collection for Midwest Shelter for Homeless Veterans and we had people drive into our parking lot, drop off supplies and drive away. It was all very safe. Uh, we did a uh, fundraiser with Anderson's Bookshops around Christmas time. And uh, we did a virtual blood drive. So we found some ways to carry out the parts of our mission um, while still observing all the safety guidelines. And I have to say, I'm really proud of the Naperville Women's Club for hanging in there and finding ways to do good for the community, which is our mission, even during a pandemic. And I think it's a real testament to the spirit of the women of our club. Yeah. And uh, I'm just really proud of them. And this year, um, we're really looking forward to things getting back to normal like everyone is. Our building is open for rentals. And Wonderful. so if people are have a, having a, a shower, a family event, a recital, um, any kind of a thing like that, we, we're open for rentals now. We've figured out a safe way to do that. Um, also coming up in this club here, we have our 125th anniversary of the founding of our club. That's incredible. And that's coming up next March 1st. So we're planning some really great things for that. And of course, information about all of our events and activities, um, our fall fundraiser will be coming up, um, which is night out on October 6th. That will all be on our website. Okay. <laughs> that's a lot of stuff, Julie. And I know that your, your, your group has pushed so hard in the community, just like you said, to do good, to uh, support the philanthropy work that uh, is so vital to your club and, and, and why you found it and how you found it. So uh, we invite people to uh, check that all out on your website. And we thank you for stopping by. Thank you so much. Appreciate being here. And if you would like to learn more about how to join the Naperville Women's Club or enjoy any of the programming that they put on, please go and visit their website. We're going to be back after a few short messages. Stay with us. For more than 150 years, you've believed in Busey. Today, more than ever, we believe in you. To our healthcare workers, first responders, and local businesses, you're central to the communities we're proud to call home. Busey's grateful to partner with you and your families through life's ups and downs, today and for generations to come. Because as neighbors helping neighbors, we're in this together. Busey, grateful to serve the communities we call home. Stay in the know, at home, or on the go with NCTV 17 News Update. 
This quick recap of everything happening in and around town will be delivered straight to your email inbox for free. Sign up today. Welcome back to Spotlight. And joining me now from the People's Resource Center is their executive director, Jennifer Fabian. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, Jane. It's such a pleasure to be here. Nice to have you back with us. And let's get started by just talking a little bit about the background and history of the People's Resource Center and how it came to be. Sure. Um, People's Resource Center was founded right here in DuPage County um, to help folks who were struggling to be able to put food on the table for their families um, and meet their basic needs from day to day. So we were founded in uh, actually in Wheaton. We have grown over the years to serve all of DuPage County and we provide emergency services like food and social services as well as empowerment and education programs like job assistance, literacy, computer training, computer access, art programs, a whole host of, of programming that is available to the community. Yeah, you really are a little bit of a one-stop shop. And uh, there's sort of, I always laugh because I think there's not really too many things that you don't support your community with. Uh, obviously, COVID was a big impact for everybody in 2020 and even carrying through into 2021. How has the PRC adapted uh, to the situation that you found yourself in last March? Uh, before COVID, we were aware we were serving a lot of families who were working hard and just making it. And, and what we've seen during the pandemic is that a lot of the support systems that families relied on before are now um, not available, whether it's extended families, whether it's jobs that, uh, that have stopped and started the school system. Uh, so many changes in, in all of the needs that families have. Um, and we we certainly have seen a dramatic increase in need for food and emergency services. We changed everything about the way we were providing services. Um, it was no longer safe to invite the public into our buildings, so we took our food service outside and we moved our literacy and job search help and art classes online. So um, we're reaching people in all the ways that we can. Um, since the beginning of the pandemic, we have provided about 50,000 uh, deliveries of food to folks outdoors. Um, most people drive some people walk up um, but it's really been a dramatic experience of the need and um, the PRC team has just rallied and uh, done everything that we could to make that possible to sustain those services when neighbors are needing them yeah you must be very proud of your team the team have uh, volunteers and staff have all been absolute superheroes during this entire time. Uh, we don't know how long we'll have to be working this way, but we're prepared to be here to sustain as long as we need to. Yeah, and I think now you, you your motto is neighbors helping neighbors. I love that. I, I, I'm a huge fan of that uh, tagline. Talk a little bit about how this whole experience has impacted your volunteers, because obviously there's such a foundational piece of your organization. 
uh, volunteers power everything that we do. And, and that has uh, continued to be true during the pandemic. Um, many of our volunteers have made the decision uh, that for their, their health and their family's well-being that they uh, have shifted to volunteering in remote capacities. So that might be doing a food drive, that might be uh, tutoring someone online. Um, and the, if you were to ask me what kept me up at night at the beginning of the pandemic uh, would be my worry, will we have enough volunteers to, to keep us open? And um, in our first few months, we received 700 applications from new people in the community saying, uh, we know this has changed the world for so many people. We want to raise our hands and, and help become part of your team. And so we've wow. welcomed in um, hundreds of new volunteers at the same time as we're, we're staying connected with uh, volunteers who can't come in right now. And uh, I look forward to the day where we can, can welcome all of those people in and it will be safe to open up again. Uh, but volunteers have really been the champions of this uh, entire pandemic experience and kept us going uh, and continue to be our champions in the community. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, that's a, a huge amount of people stepping forward and saying, yeah, pick me, I'll help. And I think that that's obviously got to be something that as you look forward, Jennifer, that is going to be a real asset for you. I'm sure that you have people now that are engaged with you uh, that possibly may not have got engaged with you had COVID not hit. So talk a little bit about what you see for the future as we hopefully move through 2021, move to a time where, uh, you know, some of that stuff starts to be in the rearview mirror. What are you looking forward to? What's coming up? Uh, well, this moment has inspired a lot of compassion, as, as you've mentioned, um, with our volunteers in the community. Um, I hope that this uh, has taught all of us that we are all closer to needing help than maybe we thought we were. Um, so out of that moment, if the community can embrace that and can uh, connect more closely, I think that would be a wonderful thing uh, for us. We are looking at, uh, at uh, improving and deepening the way we serve the community based on what we've learned during the pandemic. So our online programs were huge learning for us, uh, not only in how to do that, but also um, the extent of the families we serve who might still have challenges connecting uh, online, whether they don't have a computer or they don't have Wi-Fi. So we're learning a lot about that and hearing from those families so we can improve and, and uh, do a better job reaching those folks. Similarly, with our food pantry, we're looking at lots of different ways to be able to provide food to people in future years. And this year has provided an opportunity to, to see how that works and see what meets the needs of our neighbors the best. So I see a lot of opportunities and uh, a lot of good possibilities for us to grow and build on what we've learned, even as we begin to come out of the pandemic. Yeah, I think that's something we hear a lot is, you know, I nobody would have opted into this learning experience, but boy, I think we've all learned a lot. And if we can turn that into good going forward, it's all that that's going to make some things really worthwhile, right? Absolutely. Jennifer, um, just as we wrap up here, how what, what would be the best way if a viewer is listening to your story and thinks, gosh, I, I'd like to be a neighbor helping a neighbor. Uh, what's the best way to get engaged with you? How can the community come alongside you? 
There are lots of ways to get involved in PRC. I encourage you to visit our website, learn more about our variety of programs. If you're interested in signing up to be a volunteer, whether that's in the food pantry or an online uh, job coach, those opportunities are, are updated on our website. We also rely on donations year round, um, whether it's food or cleaning supplies, uh, or if you'd like to make a monetary donation, we can stretch a $1 donation into $4 of food and help fill a grocery cart for a family who needs it. So uh, we would love for you to get involved and learn more about PRC. Jennifer, thank you so much and uh, so grateful on behalf of all of those that you've served for the support and the work that both you, your staff, and your incredible uh, network of volunteers have done to keep our neighbors uh, moving forward during these difficult times. Thank you for coming by. I, I'm so grateful for the chance to shine a light on PRC. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You are welcome. And if you would like to know more information about the People's Resource Center, please go and visit their website. Right now, we're going to take a quick break, but stay tuned. We're coming right back with more Spotlight. I'd like to thank all of my guests for joining me today on Spotlight and our friends at Busey Bank for their generous sponsorship of today's show. To learn more about the organization featured on today's episode, please visit our website at nctv17.com. And to stay informed about what's happening in our community, sign up to receive our daily news update and like and follow us on Facebook. For Spotlight, I'm Jane Wynnett. Thank you for watching. Today's Spotlight is brought to you in part by presenting sponsor, Busey Bank. Busey. Your dream, our promise.